0: Alright everyone, welcome back in. It's another episode of the Wobcast 2.0 Super Bowl week everyone. It is uh, the the ultimate point of the season for NFL fans, even if your team is not in the big game. All eyes on Las Vegas and Super Bowl 58 coming up here in just a few days. But even without the Vikings playing in the big game, we've got some Vikings headlines and some Vikings news to discuss and throw around. And to help me do that is my partner and co-host Giles. We bring him in now. Hey, partner, how you doing?
1: Hey, bud. How we doing? Uh, Happy happy Thursday. So excited for Super Bowl week, my goodness. Although I would love to see the men in purple uh, suiting up on Sunday. Uh, No such luck, but uh, definitely excited for the Super Bowl. I always, as a big football fan, love the All all the things surrounding the Super Bowl, uh, pre-post, during, there's a lot of fun going on. So excited to see who wins. It should should be a really good matchup, to be honest. There are two very stout teams. Uh, I do have a prediction, but we'll save that for later, but really excited for Sunday.
0: Yes, let's get to our Super Bowl predictions uh, momentarily. That'll be coming up later on in this episode of the Wobcast 2.0. First, I think we should uh, focus our attention here on the Vikings. So we will, for a, a final time, before we know if he's in or not, we'll talk Jared Allen, and Hall of Fame, Um, but uh, I think more currently, we need to talk Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, and Vikings offseason moves, so let's do that. Um, Giles, I think Super Bowl week, it's always a a natural time to think about your team and how far or not far you are from being the Chiefs or the Niners, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't you think about that a lot? Yeah. Oh, yep. Keeps me up. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it probably does. So I sang sort of a pessimistic tune a couple of weeks ago saying, I think the Vikings are, are closer to the bottom of the north than they are to the top. You know, so from that standpoint, you'd be like, well, he doesn't think the Vikings are anywhere near being, you know, one of the two teams playing in the Super Bowl. And maybe these are juxtaposed positions, and maybe they're not. But like, even though I think we're closer to the bottom of the North than we are to the top, I don't think they're you know ten miles away from contending to be in a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a weird position I feel I'm in, but that's really how I feel about it. Yeah,
1: I would. uh, I would say I can totally identify with that line of thinking because I think it's. It's easy to get pessimistic or to, to have a, I don't want to say a false reality, but we we'll use that for the sake of this conversation regarding the 2023 Vikings because they were so injured. So when you look at their performance and what they put on the field, there were a lot of areas where you get really frustrated. And beyond their defensive or their, their injury uh, woes, they had made so many mistakes. When you, when you look at yeah. turnovers, they were the most turnover-prone team in the entire league. So it's easy to, to take a glance over to Egan and say, wow, like, we're nowhere near a Super Bowl. However, when you flip that script and you identify all the players that are coming back from injury, I mean, knock on wood, hopefully, that they come back to true form, um, there are a lot less deficiencies than meets the eye. Now, I would say if you're kind of evaluating the 2024 Vikings and you're able to bring back someone like Deniel Hunter, bring someone back like uh, Kirk Cousins. Now, whether you want to or not, that's a different conversation. But let's say if that does happen for the sake of the 2024 season, you have pro bowlers at a lot of positions. I think if you're yeah. able to, to beef up on your defensive line, if you get a, a real meaty, uh, pass rush heavy defensive lineman, someone that can you know beef up the interior, I think the entire predication of our defense looks very, very different because we couldn't win one-on-one matchups. Your defense looks very, very different. If you get all of your players back on offense, I think we have one of the most premier weapon sets in the entire NFL if you're able to bring back your, your offensive line, like there's a lot of good pieces here, but it's all predicated on free agency injury and replacing few of those kind of bright red spots that are, are really lacking. If that makes sense. Yep.
0: Yep. No, I, it does make sense. So I believe one of the players they're not going to have to replace uh, is wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. Now he w- was the subject of some headlines here in the last 24, 30 hours. Um, it's true. Yeah. 24, yeah, 24, 20, 24 hours because he's, he's making the rounds on Radio Row um, in Las Vegas at the Super Bowl. Now, please come at me uh, or let us know if you disagree. But I didn't hear anything yesterday that was like a warning flag for me that this deal might not end up getting done. Every Literally everything I heard, I, I expected to hear. I anticipate hearing from someone who wants to get a deal done with their current team or the deal is done with their current team. We just don't know it yet. So I, I didn't... And I know not everything was hunky-dory purple-shaded glasses from him, but remember, he, he's got a posture to some degree, right? Because yep, the fair. deal's... That's fair, there fair. is no signed deal. So his agent is sitting there being like, all right, don't give this away now. Like, don't don't make it easy on them, on the Vikings. Yeah. You yep. know, like, we can go anywhere in, in a, in, in a yep. year or two years. Um, so don't make it easy on them, you know, but don't piss them off either, you know, because we're, we're – mm-hmm. I know they're really close. Um, so yep. he's they're saying, you know, we're really close to this thing, so let's not piss them off. So I think it's going to get done, Giles. The one thing that I think is, you know, deadlines spur action, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you know that in your world, your professional world, and you know that in the sports world. So deadlines spur action. And there isn't really a deadline here because he's under contract next year and then the Vikings have the franchise take. So there is not a hard and fast deadline, which is why I don't, anticipate it's going to get done here uh, by any certain time i just feel comfortable that it will get done so my mind is at ease when it comes to justin's jefferson justin jefferson's future with the vikings and that's why those comments on radio row don't bug me and that's why all these different trade rumors i don't even like where where i need the biggest bucket of cold water you can find so i can dump that bucket on these trade rumors (laughs)
1: fair enough Uh, and I appreciate your perspective there I think it it keeps me grounded because I had both a similar but also a slightly different uh, gut reaction when I heard the the words coming out of JJ's mouth initially on Radio Row the first was honestly I thought he was a little bit more brash than normal regarding how much money he expected to make usually he was a little bit more poised when he would talk about money and he's like I want the bank and I deserve it and I'll go with whatever team gives me that so I was kind of surprised to hear him talk that brashly about money now Is going to get the bag. He's the best non-quarterback in the league. So he's not entirely unjustified in that regard. It's just I've never seen that side of J.J. before, so that was a little bit of a surprise to me. But also, I think the second thing was more... Yeah, 100%. And then... um, and this is, I mean, you, you can shed a lot more light into this from your your years inside the room uh, when you think about Rob Brzezinski and things like this, but I thought, based on his comments, and more specifically his non-committal nature regarding talking about the Vikings, that told me that they're maybe not as close as I hoped they would be at this far. Um, now, like, close can mean a lot of different things, but I, I view that from the standpoint of agreeing on a number, that maybe they're a little bit further away than they expect to be. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to reach a number, but the fact that he was relatively non-committal. He made very few comments around the Vikings are my team. We'll figure it out. The fact that that's the case tells me he's still in hyper negotiation mode, which means they're not super close. But you tell me if that's the wrong way to to look at it. That doesn't mean they're not going to get to a deal. Well, I feel like they're maybe not as close as they maybe would prefer to be at this point.
0: I think that, I think these, these two things can both be true. They are close to getting a deal done, but they are not as close as they want to be. I think those can both Hmm. be true. To me, close means that there is a more than reasonable chance. There is a probability that we're going to get to a number that we can agree on at a time that we want to agree. And, you know, as a player or as someone representing a player, you want to use every leverage point you have to get into the best position, right? And you're you're weighing that with time and risk. Mm-hmm. And the longer Jefferson waits while they're playing games, the more risk he assumes. Anytime he's practicing or playing games, mm-hmm. the risk right now is totally on Jefferson's side because once he gets hurt, his value goes down. Right? Yep yep Bef- before a deal. once a deal is signed, yep. the Vikings have all the risk because he gets hurt or he all of a sudden is no good anymore or the Vikings are left holding the bag. So on that sort of sliding scale, right now, Jefferson is not in in he's not assuming any risk because he's not I mean he could get hit by a bus, I guess, right? <laughs> so I guess from that standpoint he's got risk, but he's not going to get hurt right now. It's unlikely he'll get hurt training it's unlikely he'll get hurt out on radio row whatever so right now they're probably trying to use all the leverage they can use but if he's going to show up for the offseason program and mini camps and OTAs i mean now he's taking risk right so mm-hmm. he's going to have to either get it you know agree to a number then or not go to the offseason program and now if mm-hmm. he decides to not go to the offseason program now he's, he's really kind of, I don't want to say he's being selfish, but he's kind of being selfish. Yep. Right? Because He's not wanting, being, to,
1: he's wanting to shed that risk.
0: Yeah. yeah, because being there is good for the team, and he's not there yeah. because he doesn't yeah. want to take the risk while he's negotiating a contract. So to me, the next quasi-semi-deadline is whenever he's expected to report to TCO for an off-season program or a workout or a practice or a mini camp or an OTA. Um, So I don't expect really anything to get done at the earliest until, you know, April. But it won't surprise me if something's done this off-season. I I think they are really close. Um, I mentioned this before, like, Justin Jefferson gets the Vikings on NFL Network and Sports Center, and he gets them in the headlines, and the Wills like that. The Wills like have an NFL network on in their office in New Jersey and see in purple and gold. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. So this isn't, you know, this isn't Trent Williams, an awesome left tackle. This isn't Joe Thune. This isn't, you know, a nondescript a player. Potatoes
1: guy. You know, yep.
0: this isn't Derwin James, you know, who's a, a flashy, <laughs> like, safety, but he's a safety. This is, like, a yep. guy who scores touchdowns. The Wilfs are going to yep. sign him. It's just a matter of when. And that is my perspective, yep. opinion and perspective.
1: I think you make a, a very, very valid point there because he is your franchise. And even if you yeah. wanted to just kind of playfully explore the idea of trading Justin Jefferson, that requires so much more risk than signing Justin Jefferson. And I mean that from the standpoint of, of if, if you were to trade Justin Jefferson, let's say yeah. on some random team, even if it was the Bears for the number one overall pick, but let's say you get, We'll call it three first-round picks back for Justin Jefferson. You are trading away your franchise in some ways, right? He is your, your best player on the Minnesota Vikings, right? Yep. You're trading that away in this, you know, hypothetical. Let's say you get three picks back. The Vikings and every other 32 other teams in the NFL have proven that first-round picks are not a guarantee. Even if you get the, mm-hmm. the first, the number one overall pick, that is going to be a difficult haul. Like let's say yeah. you trade Justin Jefferson for three overall picks or three first-round picks. And you get Mike Hughes and you get Lewis Seen and you trade a first round pick for Sam Bradford. Like, is that worth it? I think most people would collectively say no, uh, a capital N no. Like, that's absolutely not, that's not worth it. And that's that's applying so much pressure. And even from a statistical standpoint, it's very unlikely that you hit on three big drafts, draft picks in a row. Like, most teams do not do that. I mean, there's a few this year that have done very well. When you think about the Niners and the Lions, they've done very well with rookie draft picks. But outside of that, most teams are not great at hitting those in a row. So when you're trying to think about maximizing value out of Justin Jefferson, whether that's signing him and putting him on the field or trading him away to get additional value to go sign other players, your highest likelihood of success is keeping him in the building. Period. Full stop.
0: Okay. Uh, So at the end of the day, I
1: think you're absolutely right. So.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right about that. And, like, I can't remember who who sent this out, Um, you know, but it was, like, some unbelievably astronomical asking price for the number one overall pick. Like, what it would take to get from here to there you know, from yep. here to number one to get a quarterback. And someone made the commentary of, I wouldn't do that for any player in the history of the NFL. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you would. You you would do that mm-hmm. for Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana. Like, you would do that for him, right? You know, so mm-hmm. sometimes I think we get out of balance on on val- on value and what certain players are worth. And to me, it's like... A bird in the hand sometimes is worth two in the bush, right? And with Justin Jefferson, you have more than that in the hand. And I'm not saying I wouldn't take eight first-round picks for Justin Jefferson. Like, I I guess I would probably do that. But in in the reality, the realistic world of what you could get for Jefferson of just draft picks, I think it'd be very hard to come up with a package where I'd be like, yeah, we'll, we'll give him up. And we'll take all those question marks. I I don't know. know, Not that position, not that player, and not at this point for the Vikings.
1: It would have to be a pretty darn sure thing in the quarterback position to move off of him. Because if you were to trade J.J., for example, to the Chicago Bears for the number one overall pick, just call it a swap, right? Uh, You're getting probably Caleb Williams if we're projecting the future. But that's not a guarantee. There's been a lot of first overall picks that have fumbled and have not done well for a variety of reasons. So that, I think that's a pretty big gamble. Now, if you're confident that he's your guy, I'd be willing to have that conversation. If you feel like, all right, we got the next Tom Brady yep. or whoever it might be in Caleb Williams. Okay. Let's have that discussion. But that's only if you feel like he is going to be a generational guy that will change your franchise. That's the yep. only way I'm having that conversation, but that's still a huge leap because so many number one overall picks just completely fumble. So that's not a great strategy, in my opinion.
0: Yep, I agree. Um, so now let's let's transition to Cousins, because I, th- I think enough said on Jefferson. We're, we're sort of at the same place there. I don't think anyone should panic about losing Jefferson. Uh, I, I think something's going to get done there. And even if it doesn't get done like this offseason, they're not trading them. Cousins. Yes. I saw an sure. interview of, of Cousins with... Um, with my guy Neil Reynolds uh, in in uh, Europe, and I feel the opposite on this one. I didn't love some of that. Like he is yep. cutthroat, man. Cousins is absolutely cutthroat, uh, um, and I don't. That's not critical. I'm saying he He's is maximum. Yes. Oh, my, yes. He is. He didn't rip the Vikings at all by any stretch. He even actually at the end of the interview said something good. Um, but that guy, that is not a sure thing that he's coming back. I, I truly feel that's up in, up in the air. You, you, it seems like you do too.
1: I mean, if I'm projecting he's not going to suit up in purple ever again, I yeah, think you there's said no that a way that they're going to come to a conclusion. And I think Cousins wants at least two years guaranteed, and I don't think Quezzi wants to do that. If it was a one-year fully guaranteed contract, sure that might happen. But I don't think Cousins is in a place where he'll ever agree to that.
0: Right now, no. I don't. And maybe never. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, at Um, this age. uh, He'll get paid significantly more by going somewhere else. If he goes to the Falcons uh, or... I mean, low-key the Commanders, I was talking to a guy named Peter out. Uh, well, he lives in Columbus, Ohio, randomly, but a big Washington Commanders fan, and he's totally game to have Kirk back. So, I don't know. They have the most cap space in the NFL, I believe, in the Commanders. So, a lot of different places that he could go and totally get the bank again.
0: I, I agree. Um, and we went over a list last week of some teams as well. Um, uh, you know, the Raiders have to have to be considered there. Um, there's just too many other viable options to not be worried about this. If you're a Vikings person who wants Cousins back, it's, it's, it's a sweat right now. It's definitely a sweat. Mm-hmm. Now, the silver lining is if it's not Cousins, it's a lottery ticket at your answer for the next 15 years. And that's what every team who doesn't have. Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes is looking for, right, is Mm -hmm. that guy. And the Vikings, even with Cousins, don't have that guy. They have a guy who's the answer for just next year, and maybe just the year after that. So if it is no more Cousins, you know for sure you're getting a lottery ticket. And even if you do have Cousins this year, there's a chance you still go get that lottery ticket in the draft. So that's, I think, one of the more interesting parts of this offseason for the Vikings is Will they come away from the draft with a quarterback? And if so, is it in the first round? And, and if so, you know, is, is he the scratch-off lottery ticket that's worth $10,000, right? You know, so, um, and I don't have a big opinion on anyone in this class being that guy. I'm not saying I won't get there. I'm just saying right now I look at Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams or Drake May, and I don't I'm not pounding the table for any of those guys. Now we are not in full on draft season yet and we will get there. But in my chair right now from from what I can see I, I don't love anything and I am inclined to sort of have my attention get caught by Jaden Daniels because of the high ceiling nature that he has. Um Fair enough. but you know that's it's you know February 8th so we got a long ways to go but um that's a really intriguing part of this offseason for the vikings is is the quarterback of the future going to arrive yeah and
1: your next three years are really predicated on that decision because whether you have a lot of money or a little amount of money money only goes so far and really when you're planning your your contracts, it's all predicated around what is your cap space going to be this year next year the year after and having a rookie scale quarterback on a rookie scale contract drastically affects that conversation that Dramatically affects whether or not you can re-sign Daniel Hunter. and re- dramatically adjust whether you go and find a new right guard, and you go get the best one available. Like all those different decisions that would normally be off the table if you sign Kirk Cousins simply because of the cap it those things change, and yeah. you're going to really change how you're planning your next three years. So it's a, it's a big conversation for sure across the entire building. And even- yep.
0: Um I the last note I have on this, Giles, is. It's hard to really dig into the Vikings off season and the plan and free agency and all that short of having finality with Cousins and Jefferson decisions. We still have to do it cuz we want to record episodes and talk Vikings. But yep. it's it's really kind of hard to do it. It's it's hard to it's hard to foresee what the plan should be without knowing what the intention is of Cousins. Mm -hmm. Like, the Vikings don't know either if they're going to have Cousins back or not, but they have two very distinct paths already plowed out because they know what their intention is with Cousins. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what the intention is. So it's very difficult to use perspective and context and facts to paint a picture for folks about what should yeah. or could happen. Do you, do you agree with me mm-hmm. on that? Yeah.
1: A hundred percent, especially from the, the context that Cousins is maybe one of the best negotiators in the NFL, at least his agent is that, that creates an interesting paradigm here because he's saying all these things on radio row. Uh, does he actually mean them or not? Or is this all a facade to try to create more leverage when uh, negotiating with Quesi and, and Yeah. yeah.
0: Who knows? That's true. There, there's an intent on the Cousins side as well. Uh, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, because where I'm coming from from the team side is if the premise is, okay, we want Cousins back because we don't believe anyone in the draft can bring the level of play up enough to compete to win this year. And we need to compete to win this year because we have Justin Jefferson and because we have Daniel Hunter, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so we want him back, we're gonna offer him this. Now, if he doesn't accept our offer, then we're gonna do this. So that's under the the intent to bring cousins back. If there Mm -hmm. is no intent to bring cousins back, you are doing an entirely different set of activities Mm -hmm. to embark on the offseason. You're looking at the draft, you're for quarterbacks. And you're looking at free agency and trades for other areas that you need to address in the first 40 picks. So short of, you know, you don't know what that intention is. You, you, you cannot project or foresee you because those are two very different worlds. And I, I cannot read the tea leaves. I, have, I, I tend to think that you're right, Giles, that the Vikings probably don't want to commit or guarantee more than a year at that rate with cousins. Cause they know that even if they do that in two years, they're back in the same spot, looking for a guy of the future. Mm-hmm. So why not get that guy sooner rather than later? So yep. it's just a very tough thing to project. And for us in our chairs, like we, we think about it, we're creating content for it. Like we, we want to have like opinions and thoughts and, you know, uh, projections. And it's just, it's a very difficult, thing to do without knowing what the intent is. Um, you know, cause there's a handful of other things I, I I want the Vikings to consider and go out and do. Remember I told you I was doing a little study on linebackers. Cause I'm like, I think that like, I, um, I think Brian Flores needs another like awesome linebacker and could do a lot with a really versatile linebacker. So I'm like, looking at, like, different linebackers uh, that the Houston Texans have a couple that are going to hit the market, you know, and it's like, ah, this doesn't matter if you don't have your quarterback figured out, man. And you got to do that first. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. And I think,
1: I mean, if you're trying to more accurately read the tea leaves here, if you just look at the primary motivators for a general manager for any NFL team, um, it's – one, trying to win a Super Bowl, but also not getting fired, right? Those are counterbalance priorities for a general manager, if we're being honest. And some of the primary reasons that a general manager would get fired is they take their shot at quarterback and they miss, and then they lose a bunch of games, Um, or they pick a veteran and they collapse and they don't win any games, right? And I think whether you love Kirk or hate Kirk, he's proven to have a pretty high floor, when it comes to performance mm-hmm. on the field. As long as he's mm-hmm. healthy, he has a he has a high floor. And if I'm Quezzy and you're trying to protect the downside, but Joe try to also go chase a Super Bowl and, and lower your cap hits across the board, your best scenario is to trade up and get a quarterback, but still re-sign Kirk. So this year, you have the opportunity to go win now while your other guy – Uh, develops underneath you and you can prove up he's a guy or he's not a guy once he's in your room. And then you can say, Oh, we missed on that, but we still have Kirk under contract. So we didn't completely sell the farm on this one different option. It gives you so many different versatile options because I mean, Kirk is arguably one of the best non elite (laughs) quarterbacks in the NFL. So you could do a lot worse than him. Um, Are there people better? Absolutely. But when you look at the quarterbacks available, I truly think that's the best route here. It's just whether or not he's willing to sign a one-year deal. And I don't think Kirk will be.
0: Just being honest. Yeah, yeah I don't th- I don't think so either. I think he's looking for more than that, and I think there's going to be at least one team out there willing to give it to him. So um, yeah. we will see what happens, though, and, and mm-hmm. I don't know that a week from now we'll have much more to go off of. Um, so we may be sitting here in the same spot one week from now when we record the next episode of the Wobcast 2.0, but time will tell. Um, exactly. Between now and then, though, two things will happen that we should talk about in preview. Uh, the first is the... Uh, pro football hall of fame class of 2024. I sort of gave my case for Jared Allen and um, all of that the last couple of weeks. And it just, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen for him. Um, which I'm disappointed about. And I just, I don't know if he's running out of time or what, but um, we don't have to spend too much time on this. Cause I think we're kind of on the same page and we talked about it last week. Uh, but all these things are going to be announced here in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, Days and nights, and um, you know all these NFL awards and Coach of the Year and Offensive Player of the Year and all that stuff. And Pro fo- Class of 2024, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is going to be one of those. And I don't think Jared's going to get in. I'm disappointed about that. Um, but I know Giles, you're you're one who kind of tends to feel like he maybe deserves to get in. Yeah, when it
1: comes to the town of Canton, I really want to paint the town purple. And yes. uh, you know, one less player is always a bad thing. So yeah, definitely yeah. rooting for Jared Allen. I did see Canton. Uh, as one of the kind of the primary geographical areas in all of our viewership. So I think people are listening to us in Canton. It's just they quite across the finish line, but
0: who knows? <laughs> Giles, have you been?
1: I have not been, but it's definitely on my bucket list. We got to go. Good.
0: Yep. It should be on your bucket list. Um, you know, the cradle of pro football. And um, mm-hmm. if you can... This goes to you and to anyone listening. It's not just go to the Hall of Fame like when you can fit it in. If you can get there on enshrinement weekend, do that. Yep. Do that, yes. It's it's worth it. So worth it's it. more crowded. It's more expensive. But there's just so many things. As someone who's watched the game for a long time and loves it, there just are so many things that hit you in the right way when you're there at that time. Mm-hmm that you just got to do it. And I, I was lucky enough to be there for a handful of Vikings getting enshrined. And it's semi, like, emotional when you're there. Like, it just it hits you, man. Mm-hmm. It just hits you when you're there for enshrinement weekend. So absolutely deserves to be on your bucket list, uh, and you should do it someday. Um, all right, Super Bowl matchup, guys. Obviously, San Francisco at uh, – uh, or San Francisco against Kansas City. The Niners are one and a half point favorites. The over under is forty seven and a half. Two two quick things for me or storylines here for this before we get to what sort of your observations on it and then a uh, and then uh, predictions. Mahomes as an underdog is weird to me. Like he's very like weird. <sighs> it's almost like 10 years from now You look back and be like, oh my gosh, remember when Patrick Mahomes was an underdog in the Super Bowl? How did we not bet a million dollars on that? Right? (laughs) And then, Yeah, yeah, secondly, Kyle Shanahan, like, I like him and I think he's worthy of a ring. So from that standpoint, I'll be happy for Kyle Shanahan if he gets a Super Bowl ring and wins this game.
1: I think I don't know I'm really going back and forth here because I think the 49ers are a better team, but I also believe that the two teams that the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs played in the playoffs were better teams than the Chiefs. So I think yeah. if I'm if I'm a betting man, I think the Chiefs are. The team to beat. I not only do I I'll make a prediction here. Not only do I think the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Not because I think that the better the team. I think it's because they have the best coach and the best quarterback tandem, period, full stop. Um, I also think Taylor Swift may be getting a ring on her finger on the podium. Oh my. Here. I know a lot I'm calling it. I think it's gonna uh-huh. uh, I know a lot of people hate that storyline, but I think uh, I'm a big fan of the NFL. I'm a big fan of the salary cap going up that gives some way more flexibility to all the teams to do really creative things and Taylor Swift has done nothing but upside for the NFL and getting more eyeballs yeah. on it, getting more advertisers to it. That has all the, the positive benefits in the world for us, so I'm here for it. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. But she's Me gonna get too. engaged
1: on the podium in the winner's circle, calling it.
0: Love it. And I don't know if that's gonna happen or not, but I am you know, I find it I get Colin Coward has had some great um content or thoughts on this. The whole like Taylor Swift and all of that, the, like, I don't get offended by that or upset with that or frustrated with that. And I I just, I've heard some people who are just like so quick to be triggered by that. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Like we don't get upset when they show other people in, in their suites, you know, Mm -hmm. other stars and other walks of life. Why are we so pissed off about it being Taylor Swift? And then I saw a really cool uh, stat where they were like, the average amount of time that Taylor Swift is shown on TV at these games, and it's like 18 seconds, you know, <laughs> over the course of three hours. And people are like, oh, they're always, they always show her the well, cameras are always on her. I'm like they're literally almost never on on her. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> if You really Paris think about it. A lot of time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I just don't yep. get it. I don't get the like the people getting upset about it and all that whatever. I don't care. I think it's cool and like you're saying it's good for the game. It's good for the financially and pop culture wise it's good for the game. So
1: 100%. If if I'm reading the tea leaves in most of those frictionary moments, it's a lot yeah. of men who use football as a way to escape their regular lives. Like, this is my thing. Like, this is the thing that I get to go do. And now their wives are sitting on the couch with them saying, Oh, I want to see T swift. <laughs> and they're like, please get away. This is my thing. You can't have my thing.
0: So <laughs> oh, I think man. this is
1: uh, yeah, some marital tension coming and bubbling up.
0: <laughs> okay. So now, uh, one thing before we go big, big, huge <laughs> Tiger woods love watching Tiger woods play golf. Love the whole, like whatever. And so, for those who aren't familiar with golf or Tiger or whatever, over the last, whatever, 20 years, obviously because he's so popular and so many people want to watch him, they have Tiger Cam at, when you know, they, especially when he, when he was in his heyday and as technology advanced, you know, whoever was broadcasting the game or the, the tournament, one of their sort of sister channels or sub-channels would just be, you know, a featured group and it's Tiger Woods, okay? So, it's just yeah. like... You know, so, you know, you don't want to watch normal coverage. You just want to watch Tiger. You can turn it to channel, you know, 226. Maybe, maybe we need that for folks and Taylor, right? So you can go into another room away from your (laughs) husband's, boyfriends, dads, whoever, and you can just watch the Taylor Swift cam at the Super Bowl, right? You know, kind of like the Manning cast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kind of like the Manning cast, right? So split screen. Here's the game. Here's T-Swift. Go watch Channel Two Twenty Six in the other room. Let the hardcore football junkies watch the regular broadcast in the other room. Maybe we need something like that. <laughs> yeah,
1: we gotta make it separated. We need two yeah. TVs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. No, let's petition for it. <laughs>
0: oh man. All right. So when the rubber meets the road and the predictions come in, I man, I really fall. I land on the San Francisco side, guys.
1: They're a better team. They truly are.
0: Yep. And when you look That's at that, all position groups. Yep. That's fair. And I am so conflicted because from the on the grand scale, the big picture, the historical look at it, I'm like, well, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes all the way. But on a micro level in the microwave in like this this sliver of time right here the Niners are positioned to win. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to live in this moment right here. And when I do that, I I think San Francisco wins. So if I had to rubber stamp a prediction and stand on the table and declare who I think is going to win, it it would be the Niners. But I think it's by a field goal, you know, or one point. Like, I think it's, it is nail biter, barn burner comes down to the last possession. Can't wait to watch it. Four hours long, like, and then the Niners win a thriller. That, that's how I see it going.
1: I really like that. And, and honestly, as a general football fan, I know a lot of other football fans that are rooting for like success, right? When you look at Hall of Famers, they're rooting for Hall of Famers. Well, thankfully, there's Hall of Famers on both sides of the ball here. So... If you're just a general fan of football, it's going to be a great Sunday. It's going to be a great game. I project it to be relatively high scoring. You're going to see a lot of back and forth, two Hall of Fame coaches. Like This is what you want as a football fan, regardless of who comes out victorious. It's going to be a great day.
0: Yes, totally agree. So uh, We will have fun breaking it all down and reviewing it next week on the Webcast 2.0, as well as talking about any other Vikings news and notes that pop up. But I think for today, Giles, we're finished, unless you have anything else you wanted to get to.
1: No, let's do it. Go uh, go, Niners.
0: Yes, we will see what Niners. happens. I just
1: think the Chiefs are going to win.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited to see what happens and then excited to break it down and talk about it with you. I hope we're celebrating Jared Allen next week as well, but I don't think it's going to happen, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to keep making the case for him, and hopefully he gets in, uh, if not this year, next year. So uh, that'll do it for today's episode of the Wobcast 2.0. Much to discuss and talk about for the Vikings um, as the offseason progresses, and then, of course, next week we'll... We'll get to break down the Super Bowl, crown a champion, and then move on fully to the 2024 season. On behalf of Giles, this is Wabi signing off for now. Please like, subscribe, and follow the Wabcast 2.0 wherever you do that with the rest of your football content. And until next time, Skull Vikings!